Writer-director Kimberly Pierce is here to talk about the Turner Classic Movie Series Reframe that her award-winning film Boys Don't Cry is appearing on and give us her spin on our LGBTQ issues. Hi, Kimberly. Hello. Nice to be here. Thank you. Tell us about the uh, TCM series Reframed. Well, Reframed focuses on films that shaped our culture. So me and host uh, Ben Mankiewicz, along with uh, film historian Donald Vogel, uh, my screenwriter friend Larry Karaszewski, and film critic Molly Haskell, are, you know, co-hosting in order to help people understand these movies better, uh, how they were made, how they were received at the time that they were made, and, and how they're received now. So it's, it's pretty amazing that uh, Boyce is included, and it's an amazing series. How did you become involved with this series? You know, I have a great relationship with TCM. They call me up and they say, hey, Kim, do you want to co-host? So I say, generally, sure. And then I get the list of movies, and I'm like, oh, my God, I've seen most of these, and they're great, and, oh, my God, you found a few that I haven't. So uh, I co-hosted with Jacqueline Stewart, who is amazing and runs the Academy Museum. We did um, 100 Women, 100 Films. Stoplos is included in that. And then um, I co-hosted uh, with Dave Carger for um, the LGBTQ Pride Month, and I'm co-hosting with Ben Mankiewicz for Movies to Change the Culture. I'm a huge fan of Turner Classic Movies. I think what they're doing for cinema is extraordinary and really vital because what they're doing is they're they're reminding us of all the movies that we've always loved, that they're just digging out all these movies that you may not have heard of, and it's, uh, it's extraordinary, you know, in terms of preserving the cinematic art form. What do you hope to accomplish uh, with this series? Well, I hope that people bring more curiosity to watching movies and to consuming art and, and consuming life. Uh, I think that there is a bit of a short attention span right now. Uh, I don't think people are watching, you know, movies all the way through. I don't think they're seeing them, you know, in the ways that they used to. I wish they would give them their due. You know, I just saw All Quiet on the Western Front this morning. Uh, Netflix screened it for me, and I had asked to see it in a theater because I was going to write about it, and it's like I wanted to sit down and watch the whole thing and feel it. So I think what I'd like people to get is, you know, these are amazing movies, and we should give them their due. I think the other thing that I would like to achieve through it is, you know, TCM says these may be problematic movies. They were groundbreaking at their time. Well, I think it would be great if people watched movies and understood that all movies, they carry the DNA and the imprint of their time, of when they were made and how they were made and what the attitudes were. And while it's possible to say, well, I don't want to see that or I don't like that because, you know, things have changed, probably more helpful is to look at a piece of art and to say, oh, why was it made when it was made? Why did they speak the way they did? What were the attitudes? What was the status quo? What were they up against? To understand it and then to think about how things have changed if they've changed. That's what I would hope. What would you like to accomplish with your work? Well, I'm a damn humanist at heart, so, you know, I can't really help it. Um, I'm a Jew, I'm a homo, you know, I'm a lot of stuff, a survivor of different things. And and I guess my life has really been guided by, uh, you know, a, a, a kind of bounding curiosity as to why what happened happened to the people before me and why it happened to me. Why did they treat the Jews the way they did? Why did they treat the homos and the queers the way they did? Why do they still treat us this way. So what I really hope to achieve in my work, I think, is a, it's an exploration of my own curiosities and desires and the things that move me and my desire to make meaning, to make sense of the things that I've lived through and to share them with other people and, and really bring people inside the stories that I love. That's very much what was happening with Boys Don't Cry. I was a kid in grad school, you know, read about this story, didn't have the money, didn't have the training, but I felt like I adopted a child when I read about Brandon Tina, and I thought it was my job to 
understand this person that other people didn't understand and, and to hopefully bring them to life in a way that you would love Brandon and you would care. And so I think of one of the great achievements of that movie to me is that we achieved that. It wasn't me alone. It was great producers, great actors, you know, great co-writers. We all worked together and we created this story that brought people in. And thank God it, you know, to me it won the Oscar and it won the Golden Globe and it is in the Library of Congress because, yes, of course, those are nice things for me, but really they buoyed and protected the movie and let it live on in the culture. So, you know, my desire with my work is to continue doing work like that. It's the most exciting thing to me is to fall in love with the story and to bring it to life and to share it with an audience. It's why I, I lecture. It's why I do a lot of television work. It's why I do a lot of stage work. Like I love, you know, bringing stories to life. What would you like to see happen for our LGBTQ community in the uh, Biden-Harris administration now that the midterms are over? I want absolute equal representation opportunities in terms of employment, financial, creative, for LGBTQ plus people. And I want it now. I love, love, love that we have made strides for women and we have made strides for people of color. That is so vital. And I want LGBTQ people to be treated equally with our fellow underrepresented peoples. And I know this very well. I've been on the board for many years at the Directors Guild of America. I founded the first ever LGBTQ plus committee at the Directors Guild of America. I'm the co-chair. And it's one of the things we're fighting the most for, which is that queer people are treated with the same protections and representations that other underrepresented groups are. And we are not. We have it on the books, but we are not culturally. It's still okay you go to a movie, not by me, but it's still okay to make fun of the queer. It's still okay to make fun of the trans, right? You're allowed to do that and you get away with it. That needs to end. With LGBTQ teens already four times more likely to attempt suicide than their heterosexual peers after facing bullying incidents, what advice would you have for these kids, especially in these challenging times? My advice would be, I mean, I, I do think that the It Gets Better campaign, I understand where it came from. I think that that's a really valuable message. I think the other message is it may be bad now, and you have to find the resources within yourself, within those close to you, to find a way to survive, to find a way to endure. And that's not me justifying or allowing the bullying. That's just saying they're going to be ups and downs, and we have to find a way to protect ourselves and protect those around us in these times that are troubling. And it's horrific. I only recently came out as trans, so I'm trans butch. And, you know, there's been anguish that I've lived with in terms of gender dysphoria. And I'm not going to say because I made it, everybody can make it. I don't believe that. But I, I do feel lucky that, you know, the periods when being homosexual, you know, was considered a sickness when I was young and when transness was completely silenced and I didn't even know what it was. Those are really hard. So what I would share with people who might be going through similar things is there are other people like you. Even if there weren't other people like you, you're still valuable. But there are other people like you, and we need to be there for each other. We need to find our tribe, and we're here for each other. That's important to me. How can people get information about you and the uh, Turner Classic Movies series, Reframed? Just look up Turner Classic Reframed. It's great. It's like you've got Ben Mankiewicz uh, hosting. You've got Donald Bogle, a historian. You know, Larry Kurzuski, uh, Molly Haskell. It's like, just put TCM Reframed, and it'll come up, and you'll get the schedule, and my God, these are the great movies. I Am a Fugitive from a Chain Gang, Imitation of Life, Vestures of Our Lives, Gentleman's Agreement, you know, it's, I mean, it goes on. Blackboard Jungle, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, The Boys in the Band, China Syndrome, Philadelphia, 
Boys Don't Cry, and the list goes on. These are the movies that you need to see. This is the Bible of, of movie watching, you know? What other projects are you working on? I am working on a wonderful two butch best friends. One falls in love all the time and is a love kamikaze, and one controls love by being a professor of love and sexuality. They're in love with each other, but they're not ready to admit it, so they go out looking for what they think is the perfect woman to fall in love with. And it's really moving. It's kind of like uh, Itamama Tambien and Jules and Jim. So that's my next feature that I'm trying to get made. We're living in a time where features are changing, but I'm committed to theatrical releases, so we will see if we can make that. And then um, I'm going to be announcing very soon that I'm doing, which I'm really excited about, it's a re-envisioning of a very famous movie but I'm doing it with a completely queer context. And it's taken a moment to figure out exactly how to do that, right? Because I don't believe in taking queer people and just shoving them into straight roles. I don't think you should put women into male roles. I think you have to reconceive of these characters in ways that actually are reflective of the reality that we live in. So it's something I'm excited to announce soon. Is there a question you wish people would ask you? Yeah, but I think you've been asking it, which is why I do what I do and what is what do I think that the work brings to people. Though... It should be self-evident, but I wish people would ask more about the intent of the work. And I think they would then see that, you know, oftentimes the intent of the work is being satisfied, and it is making change, and it is making a difference. I feel pretty heard, pretty represented. You know, when I was growing up, it, my, the messaging I got, that I traveled with trans people, and I wrote Boys Don't Cry by um, interviewing trans people, the message I got that I took away, and I could have been wrong, was if I was trans, I had to be either a man, a trans man, or a trans woman, and kind of live in the binary. That was kind of what it was when I was younger. And I was always like, well, I don't want to live in the binary. I want to live in the ever-changing middle. And because my gender is sometimes a boy, sometimes a girl, it's very fluid. And I think the younger generation is caught up to that outlook. And so what I'm finding now is my trans friends, the younger generation, there's a lot more of an embrace of a, a multiple gender versus an either or and that to me is very thrilling so I call myself now a trans butch and when I was younger that might have felt like a contradiction when you can't be a butch lesbian and trans but I think you can hold more complex um, identities and I think they've always been complex I think society is what reduced it do you have a favorite quote or a mantra to get you through these difficult times inch by motherfucking inch we often aim for the end result. We can't help it, right? We're like, oh, I want to finish that script. I want to make that movie. I want, you know, queer people to be protected. I want underrepresented people to be represented. I want all these things, and that's great. And I think you have to be in the mindset of, I want the end result, and then I think that the reality is find satisfaction in, the, in every battle, in every moment of it, because any battle is only one inch by motherfucking inch.